that corporate worship will open the heavens that God can pour out the new oil. It runs down the beard, the beard of Aaron. In other words, so this is a good guideline. When we're in corporate worship, you need to follow the leaders because it's going to start there and it comes out. And it comes down onto the the people, the congregation. And so we want that. That is what we need in this new move of God. We need just a corporate unity, a corporate unison. So when everybody's worshiping, there's two things that can hinder the move of God or the anointing of God. One is if God's moving and worship is full of life and, and somebody resists that, you don't want to do that. You want to take part. But when it's quiet, you don't want to be a distraction. You don't. You want it. To, Paul talks about being done decently in order because when it's quiet, that's usually when God is ministering to people, and God can do more by the anointing than we can do by our own voices. So we need to be aware of that. We need to. He talks about in Corinthians considering everybody else, just like we have to do with the coronavirus. I'm not interested in wearing a mask. I'm not even really interested in staying six foot away. But I try to do it to be considerate of people that are concerned with those things because I don't know where they're coming from. So when we worship corporately, we need to be considerate of other people and not be a distraction and a disruption. And then because that hinders the anointing and it inhibits people from moving and we want to move together. So I just wanted to encourage you in those things and encourage you to be considerate. And especially as we get new people, we want the younger generation to come in and we want them to come in and be comfortable here. Um, Brad has a few things to or go ahead. supports what she said. We were in Omaha. This was back in the 80s at a church, big, fairly big church. And back then, the big thing was in worship where women were running around carrying banners and flags. Um, the thing was, they weren't dressed very tastefully. And I'll guarantee you, the men were looking to heaven looking at Jesus. They were looking at the women that weren't dressed properly, waving that flag. What that did was provide a distraction in the service. And we don't want a distraction. Jesus gets all the glory. And so I just I wanted to tell you that because that's why we got to be careful. And, and she said something today, and I'm going to be teaching about it, Follow the leader. Amen? You're the worship leader. Follow the leader. Follow us as we follow God. Amen? Let's stand up today, and Pastor Brad's got some things to share. Good morning, good morning. Don't worry, mine will be real quick. Today's kind of a special day, I think. It's because I'm playing drums today, right? That's why. Yeah, that's all. No, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I'm sure hopefully all your children are blessing you today. Um, And just as one quick announcement, you know, not that she hasn't been motherly for years to many children and nieces and nephews and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, we have three little ones in our house that are becoming in a permanent addition. So I'll say happy Mother's Day to my wife, who is also just crossed the three-month mark of being pregnant. Most of you know that, but some of you, four-month marks, see, I don't know, I don't know, time, time's a blur. I don't know nothing about it, but so thank you. So we are blessed this year. So many people are saying how 2020, you know, you see stuff on Facebook that they just want to delete 2020. You know, I seen a joke where uh, back to the future, they time traveled to 2020 and said, go back, go back. You know, this is the worst year ever. This is Amen. a wonderful year. This is, we've been declaring it, our family's been declaring it from the beginning. 2020 is our year. I don't care what's going on in the world. We are blessed this year. We are having the best year with our business. We have four wonderful children joining our family this year. We could not be more blessed. And I guarantee you, you don't have to try real hard if you want. You could find some things to be thankful for that you are blessed as well. For example, we have a wonderful church family. We have an opportunity this morning to worship God 
corporately together as one body and one heart. Amen? So thank you. Happy Mother's Day. And let's worship God. Tears were drowned in pearls. 
Deus não volta was paid yes you already won we've already won because of you you have overcome for the victory is yours and the battle is mine says the Lord this is a new day that you've entered into So stay focused upon the Word. My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. This is the hour to set your affection on things above and not allow yourself to be distracted to be distracted by the enemy in this hour but seek my face and cry out for my manifested power for my love for you is great and my mercy is upon you So 
Look to the heavens. Set your affections on things above. And learn to wait in my presence. And rest in my love. We worship you, O Lord, today. We honor you. And Lord, we purpose to stay in your presence, to seek you, Lord, above all else. For there's none upon the earth that we desire besides you. Our heart and our affections are for you, Father. This Every day we love you. Lift your hands. We worship you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to teach us today what we do not see. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from the Word of the Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, we purpose to stay focused on Jesus and the living Word of God and to rest in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to, as you go today, you can have your offering prepared and as you go out the door, you can put it in the basket. I have a lot. I'm on, I'm on a, a series, and I know the Spirit of God stirred my heart to begin this series. But I want to uh, begin today. How many of you get this devotional? I'll tell you what, this is a very prophetic devotional, and it'll bless you. And I, I hope that you read it every day. Amen? We have more coming in. But I do want to read this to you. This was uh, yesterday's, and it's entitled, You're in God's Waiting Room. (laughs) Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. He said, God gave his people an interesting command. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I drive out nations before you and enlarge your territory. Everyone say, enlarge your territory. And no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord. Imagine that. Three times a year they were to stop working and spend time with the Lord, worshiping him, seeking his guidance, getting direction for the future. Can you imagine what would happen if you did that? Note the words, I will enlarge your territory. Instead of losing, you'll gain. Instead of going backward, you'll go forward. Note also the words, I will drive out the nations before you. While you worship God and wait on him, he will fight your battles. Saying about that today, about victory, the battle's his, the victory's ours. And the difference between you and God is that you risk losing, but he's never lost a battle. Note also the words, no one will covet your land. You don't have to worry about the competition and getting ahead of you. God used this three times a year pilgrimage to teach his people this principle. If you wait on me and worship, I will work on your behalf. His word says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be worried. They shall walk and not faint. So here are your choices. Keep stressing out or draw the strength and strategy you need from God by spending time with him. If anything, this what we're going through right now with this coronavirus is I hope you take time to, to reset yourself and, and get in God's presence. Now, some of us, including me, for years and years, I, I don't like to wait. I'd rather kick the door down. That's why I don't, didn't go to auctions. I don't like auctions, Dick. Didn't like them because you had to wait, 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 wait. And there's always somebody there to get it before you. But you know what? After 35 years being in the ministry, do you know I haven't still learned the art of waiting? 
Now, all of you have. So I get my coffee. I'm a creature habit. I go get my senior coffee every day. And so what day, I don't know what, what this week I went, and I looked. I, thought, I think it was Friday, and I had to get gas anyway. So I think I'll get my coffee first. And the line was through the drive-thru on 81 was clear to the highway. So that made my Clint Eastwood twitch start. So I'll go to Casey's. So I went to Casey's to get gas. Well, now you can't go in. You've got to go in and prepay. Another twitch. So I went in with the $50 bill, and there was a line, one clerk, and there was a line. There must have been seven people in line. And by then, I'm twitching. All I wanted to do was give him the 50. Finally, I just went up and gave him the 50 and told him I want gas and came back. Well, then I came back in to get my change, and I had a line. So then I got through all that. Then I thought, I've got a whole truckload of cans. I was going to cash. Somebody gave me a bunch of cans. I'll go over across the street to the Norfolk Transmission, and, and there's a sign. We're not doing it because of COVID. Now, by this time, I, I hadn't gotten my coffee. So I thought, I'm going way up north to the other McDonald's. I got it figured out, and I got up there and got my coffee. But I said all this to tell you something. If you do not learn to wait on God, he will put you in a position that you're going to have to learn to wait. And waiting isn't mean, doesn't mean, where is it? I, in fact, the day before, what did I do it? Thank you. The day before, maybe this is just for the preacher. Probably just for me. He says this. Um, while we are waiting, God is working. While we are waiting, God is working. He says, to wait is to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, not fret. What was I doing? There was no reason. Friday's usually my day off. I didn't have a schedule. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to any pressing things I had to take care of. God is a great physician. You are in his waiting room. He knows what ails you better than you do, and he has a prescription to fix it. So trust him and wait. Listen, folks, I don't care how old you are. Wherever you're at in life right now, learn how to wait. But learn how to wait without fretting. Learn how to wait without losing your temper. Learn how to wait without getting so upset you just ruin the rest of your day. I've ruined many days and my family's days because I don't like to wait. But you're going to have to learn how to wait on the Lord. I'm going to have to learn how to wait. This COVID-19 thing is frustrating people, and rightly so. It's Half of it's stupid. Right, Steve? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But you've got to learn how to wait. We're in an hour. God in the day, we're going to see some wonderful things in the days ahead. Sorry. We're going to see, we're going to see some wonderful things in the days ahead. We're going to see the Spirit of God poured out upon His church like we've never seen before. I've read about it through years about miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to see people born again and give their hearts to Jesus. I want to see people filled with the Spirit. I want to see people healed and delivered. But we're in an hour we need to prepare for it. And see, I've always been like a horse that, you know, at a new gate. I'm ready to go. But God will have reins on you to pull you back a little bit if he needs to. Amen? So when you find yourself getting all student upset, remember what I said. Don't be like preacher. Now, I won't go as long today. I've been taking this methodically every week. 
a number of weeks ago. This is number four in this series. The Spirit of God drew my attention to the Jordan crossing when Israel had to cross the Jordan River. You all know the story. Who were the two great leaders? Caleb and Joshua. They'd marched around a mountain for how many years? Why did they march around the mountain for 40 years? What? To weed, yeah, get, get, weed out the complainers. Generation had to die, and there's a new generation ready to cross now. And so what we're doing is we're going through this crossing, and I said there's, there's a purpose in this. There's seven things, and we can look at this story about the Jordan River crossing and, and see these seven principles. Number one, we need to recognize and embrace a new season. Say new season. We're in a new season, not going to be. We are in it. Number two, everything we do must depend on Jesus. Number three, we will have to leave our comfort zone. Number four, it will require courage and obedience. I would rather pastor a church of two named Joshua and Caleb than a church of the rest of those folks that complain. And as far as I'm concerned, there's Joshua and there's a Caleb spirit here. Number five, there'll be personal responsibility to prepare. Personal responsibility to prepare. We're going to have to prepare for what's coming. The ark's built. No. Not going to be a flood. That was last year. <laughs> this year it's the plague. <laughs> but we're going to have to prepare. How do you, what do you mean prepare? We need to prepare for people to come in. That, that are lost, that don't, that don't know Jesus. We need to prepare for people that know there's something more. We need to be people that are, that, that are prepared, that have answers. Number six, there will be a separation from the world. There will be a separation. We're in a separation time right now. I said this COVID virus thing in the body of Christ... It, it, what it does, it brings out all these quirks people have. These fears people have. Insecurities. And I understand that we're all at different levels, but folks, we can't cross the Jordan River in fear. We have to cross it in faith, knowing there's a promised land on the other side. And so what, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then number seven, there has to be an expectation of the miraculous. You need to expect miracles in the days ahead. I, I read books. I've got a library full of books about great men and women through the years that operated in signs and wonders. Remarkable. And they stir me up. But I'm tired of just reading about it. Now, you can try to make it happen and get in the flesh and you'll have an Ishmael. I want an Isaac. I want the real thing. But that requires some waiting sometimes. Now, all these requirements are found in the book of Joshua as the nation of Israel prepares to cross over the Jordan River to possess their inheritance. Now, listen. The book of Joshua teaches us that our spiritual inheritance, our blessings, Abundant provision, now listen, is dependent upon our obedience to God. The Jordan River represents a barrier. Everyone say barrier. That God is calling you to cross over. It represents the transition between where you are now and where he wants you to be. God's always out ahead, beckoning us to come. Our God always goes ahead of us. Our God's behind us. 
Our God's with us. The church today is in the process, now listen, of transformation. Experiencing a new move of God. But she and I came out of the, the late 60s and the 70s, what they called the charismatic revival. Some of you weren't even born yet. And it was a, a revival. We were Methodists. This will require, or this transformation, experiencing a new move of God, will require a crossing over mentality. A crossing over mentality. And what that will require also is that some adjustments are going to have to be made in our attitudes. If we're going to come up to a higher level of productivity and success, we're going to have to make some changes in the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we do things. Joshua was a new leader with a new assignment and a new anointing. New assignments, now we told you this last week, it it bears repetition. New assignments require separation. New assignments require separation. Separation is the first act of possession. What are you talking about separating? You and I are going to have to ask ourselves, what do I need to separate myself in order to come to a higher or a more effective spiritual level? We're going to come higher. Then what do we need to separate ourselves from? You're going to have to, yeah, the world. But there's some things in your your life personally and my life personally that are going to have to stop. We said new wine will destroy old wineskins. Amen? So in trying to hold on to what you have now and being inflexible to a new move of God's Spirit, it'll cause you to miss out entirely on revival. If you want to hold on to the old things, the old way of doing things, and I'll guarantee you the older you get, it gets, it gets harder to make that change. But you got to continue to change. We said a new attitude is required in crossing over your Jordan River. Disobedience, now listen, and complaints made against the directives of God will get you nowhere. A new attitude is required in cross, crossing over your Jordan River. Disobedience and complaints made against the directives of God will get you nowhere. What did that old generation of Israel do? Complained. They were thirsty. They didn't like the manna from heaven. They wanted meat. On and on and on and on and on. Do you, is it any wonder Moses beat the rock? The poor guy had had his feel of disobedient, complaining people. And he should have spoke to it, but he whacked that thing. And I'm, you know what? I would have whacked it too. I would have broken the staff. The only good thing is they wouldn't know where I was buried. God hears your complaints and it displeases him. Let me, let me say that again. When we complain, God hears it, and it displeases him. How many of you complained this week? Okay, just continue to do a work. When you find yourself complaining, oh, Lord, I remember what that complaining preacher said. Don't complain. Complaining has a negative, a negative effect on you and those around you. The psalmist said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I complained in whose spirit? Your wife, your kids, the people you work with? Yeah, they're overwhelmed too because they're listening to you complain. What causes complaining? Frustration. Fear, fear of change, fear of new things. Now, let's go on. We'll do one. Look at Joshua chapter 3. 
Joshua chapter 3. I always have good intentions of finishing up requirement number one, but I'm just, I'd rather leave, have you leave with one thing and remember it. We're talking about new season realities. Here's the second one. There's a new way of marching. Say new way of marching. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Joshua rose early in the morning and then set out for, from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after how many days? So what did they have to do? I'm testing you. What, what, what we? Thank you. They had to wait three days. Then the leaders of the officers went through the camp, and they what? Commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Now listen. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you've not what? You've not passed this way before. The church, now here's here's the central truth. I want you to get this today. If you leave with anything, leave with this. The church must learn to follow God's anointed leaders and work together in unity. Bottom line, the church today has to learn to follow who? God's anointed leaders and work together in unity. Now, they had to learn. There's a new way of marching because Israel, how how we're up to that point, what did they follow by day and by night? A pillar of fire. No more cloud. No more, no more pillar of fire. Now they were supposed to follow after what? The Ark of the Covenant. I, I can't help but think about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Saw that on our honeymoon. My God. How long ago was that? Well, you said that you like you weren't really happy. Thirty? Did you hear that, Carl? Thirty-eight years. Didn't? Yeah. Yeah, I know. The woman you gave me. So they had to march a different way. They had to follow the ark. The ark was not as supernatural as the cloud and pillar of fire. Now listen, because it was time for Israel to grow up and develop a warrior mentality. Now, 40 years around a mountain, do you think they learned anything? I think they did. I think they learned how to follow their leaders because, you know, after reading this chapter 3, 1 through 4, there was no verse in there about the people complaining. In fact, if you look back, I don't know um, if I can find it here. Oh, here it is. It says, this is what the people said in Joshua chapter 1. It says, so they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Wow! Is that a different attitude? Oh, I want to pastor people like that. Did you hear me? I want to pastor people like that. Pastor, all that you've asked us to do, we'll do. Wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you. As he was with Moses, you know what? You're only supposed to follow me as long as I follow God. If I'm not following Jesus and the word of God, then you don't have to follow me. Who, now, but listen, to, I like this one. Verse 18, 
Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. You mean, pastor, you'd shoot me? No, I wouldn't shoot you. But do you get the picture? Do you see the attitude? They had to march rank and file. Now, the ark was made by man, by man's hands, and carried by men. Amen? God anoints men and women to lead his people. God anoints men and women to lead his people, and his people are to follow the leadership of God as long as they follow him. Now, I want to read this to you. Good, good information. The author says, we're not following. He says, we are following God, not man, is the justifying cry of many Christians today. But this is often a cop-out and an excuse to opt out of following the leader or leaders God has appointed. There are people out, <laughs> there, are people out there today that have been in churches that got burned and didn't like the leadership and said, I'll never go to church again. Is that right? No. That's wrong thinking. And quite frankly, that reveals people's ignorance and insensitivity to God and His Word. If you're going to cross over into your God-given destiny, destiny, You need to leave such airy-fairy points of view behind and get real. The truth is that many would just prefer to float around with the clouds than get behind their leader and support him through the tough times until they really possess the promised land together. Did you hear me? I am so thankful. I've never had a mega church. And when I was young, I wanted mega church. Boy, I don't anymore. Because all that means is more problems. And I'm not going to pastor a user-friendly church. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. The trouble is there's plenty of clouds up in the sky for those who choose to go that way. Which one are you going to follow? Some people are constantly looking for a cloud to guide them, a prophecy cloud, a sermon cloud, a conference cloud. Take your pick. I believe God is saying it is time to commit to your leadership, the leadership that will help you cross over into your destiny in Christ. We need our churches to move away from cloud Christianity. Come to a place of trusting the leaders God has appointed to carry His presence. Watch the men carrying the ark of God and follow them. If that doesn't happen, then we will not see vibrant, living, growing, moving churches established that will impact our nation and beyond. That's good information. The ark was made by man and carried by man. There was a space of a thousand yards between the ark and Israel. And and what he said in the book, and it's so, so good, is that leaders are alone for the first thousand yards. They're out ahead. Spear point. Amen? Preparing for those that are following. And you know what? Sometimes it sucks. Can he say that? I did. It's not much fun. Out there alone, out there just, you know, trying to hear God and get direction from God and lead the way for the church, it's not always fun. Sometimes, you know what Mike Keyes told me? He says, there's times I'm just so lonely. He sits in a motel room. He's lonely. Lester Summerall, at the end of his life, great man of God, evangelist. He, I can remember because the man that used to massage his feet, I knew personally, and he would tell this friend of mine, 
I'm so lonely, his wife had died. Listen, the body of Christ needs leaders. And the body of Christ needs to learn how to follow a leader. When I went to Bible school, I did not go with aspirations of being a pastor or any, anybody great. All I ever wanted to do was serve a pastor. Did you hear me? All I wanted to do was do whatever had to be done. Sweep the floor, clean the toilets, mow the grass. I still do that. And I believe as a leader, you don't get too big to not get dirty. A good shepherd will get dirty with the sheep. If that shepherd can't get dirty, I don't know if I'd follow him. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, if you're going to be a preacher, you need to get down there with the sheep and get dirty. Has spiritual, have spiritual leaders, Pastor Mike, ever let you down? Yep. I've followed spiritual leaders, great men of God that had worldwide ministries that ended up dying prematurely because of sin in their life. I have followed preachers that I've seen have compromised in areas You know, I didn't agree with. But you know what? I'm still behind the pulpit. I'm still preaching the word. And I'm still following after God's fivefold ministry gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I'm still listening to what the Spirit of God is saying through them. Church, we've got to learn how to follow. We've got to learn how to humble ourselves. Roll up our sleeves. Yesterday, they were butchering hogs up at Pastor Brad's. And there were people working together methodically, getting the job done. I mean, my God, that was a lot of work. Well, I mean, I didn't do anything. No, I didn't. But do I do things in the past? Yeah, I mowed the churchyard again. Because the boy couldn't get it done. Who are you following? Let's stand our feet this morning. I knew you'd say that. He's my Caleb. Well, she's another issue in itself that needs a tissue. Um. The church must learn to follow God's anointed leaders and work together. That's what I want you to get. Did you get it? If you're going to cross over, then you're going to have to do that. Father, I pray for your people today. Spirit of God, you know our hearts individually. And the attitude of this church corporately. I want to see us cross the Jordan River. I want us to possess all that God has for us as a church body. So I pray today, Lord, that you continue to work in our hearts. Individually and corporately. Help us Change some attitudes. Help us to prepare for that which is to come. Help us to roll up our sleeves and get ready for the days ahead. And do it without complaining. I pray, Lord, and I thank you for a greater corporate anointing upon Harvest Church in the days ahead a greater productivity. Bring us up to a higher level spiritually. Lord, help us reach people and see the harvest of souls that's out there. 
Help us, Holy Spirit, stay focused and keep our eyes on Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the fivefold ministry gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Help us follow them as they follow you. And give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking in the days ahead. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Any, anyone here today that is sick in your body? We're all healthy? Prospering and in health, even as our soul prospers. Okay. Make it a, a determination of your, your will this week. To pray for somebody. To encourage somebody. To bless somebody. To share Christ with somebody. Will you do that? Amen. Anything else? Please, the offering basket's back there. Just put it in the, in the basket. We're, we're making progress. Every week, We're gonna. it's getting better. Amen. Amen. Wednesday, yes, we'll have prayer. Yeah, they'll get this service downloaded. Amen. Lift your hands once more. I really sense the Spirit of God doing a work and speaking the hearts of people today. Maybe this message doesn't apply. It should. The words for all of us. I want you to know God loves you. God has a plan and a purpose for you and your life. So yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Word and listen. Take time to get in His presence and He'll speak to your heart. And then obey what He tells you to do. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you, and we thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. I, I just, the Spirit of God's moving on people today, on hearts. Judge yourself. Judge yourself, not your mate, not your neighbor, your co-worker. Judge your individual heart. And submit to him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm done. I love you. Be blessed. God bless you. Hi, sweetie.